Well, welcome to the Black Madonna Speaks with me, your host, Stephanie Georgiev. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters, one-time donors, and to all of you who subscribe, like, and share this podcast. I've had a few listeners reach out to me, and I always enjoy meeting those who are touched by the Black Madonna. I also want to welcome new members to the Black Madonna Speaks community. We are really growing in size, and it's very, very um, heartening to me and, and very humbling. So I want to say a special shout out to this community, uh, C. Conti Cook, M.L. Bethune, E. Viader, A. Oberlin, J. Cahilo, O. Huff, A. E. Barnes, D. Volksier, J. Johnson Lee, and C. Sanderlin. I look forward to companioning you all on our mutual journey of the soul. For those of you who are so moved to join this growing community, I have a link in the program notes on how you can do that. At the time of the posting of this episode, we're in the middle of March, in addition to being well into Lent. For those of us in the Christian community, or Christian Gemeinschaft, as it is called in German, we have just begun Passiontide. Each Lent, for me, I have a new discovery in the relation to my spiritual journey. I had the deep pleasure of companioning many people during Lent in my formative years. I was blessed to have a wonderful pastor, Reverend Catherine Guerra, at Spurgeon United Methodist Church in Santa Ana. She has since joined the Choir of Angels, and the church has closed and been absorbed into another United Methodist Church in Santa Ana. But while she was my pastor at Spurgeon, I gained so much from her. She founded the AIDS ministry through the United Methodist Church and its annual retreat called Strength for the Journey. In those days, AIDS was essentially a death sentence, and those with the disease were shunned by everyone, particularly within various faith communities. I was in the beginning of my practice in the 1990s, and Reverend Catherine asked me to give workshops on natural therapies for people with HIV and AIDS at these retreats. I learned so much from these people and these retreats, mostly about the will to live in some people and how others faced imminent death. Catherine had a yearly Lenten study at 6 a.m. on Wednesday mornings, and I was the only one that showed up because I have morning insomnia. We explored the depths of Lent and what it means to be transformed through Christ. Catherine is part of the history of women in my own personal life, so we are still in Women's History Month. And while it's important to look at very famous women in history— I think each one of us have women that influence our own personal history, and they are worth celebrating as well. I miss Catherine dearly, but I'm so glad our paths crossed when they did. For this week's episode, we will be exploring Our Lady of Mion in France, 
Now, it's spelled M-Y-A-N-S. So if I'm mispronouncing this, I deeply apologize. But when you Google this, you get the Aztecs and the Mayans, and it's very different. So if you want to Google her, you want to do Our Lady of Mayans in France, and then you get the, the reference. And her proper name is Notre Dame de Mion, or Le Image de Notre Dame Nord en Ethiopian. And again, for those of you who do not speak French, of which I am a member of this class, uh, please forgive us for our pronunciation and translation. So this lovely title in English is The Image of Our Lady, the Black Ethiopian, which I think is very interesting. Mion is a commune in the Savoy department of the Avergine Rhone Alpes region in southeastern France. Southeastern France, located in the French Alps. And it's a prefecture, which means a county administration district. And where the shrine is located is in a place called Chambéry. Together with Haute-Savoy, it is one of the two departments of the historical region of Savoy. And this, I don't know if they've done a mini-series on this region of France, but they certainly could. They did one on Medicis and all sorts of things, but this Savoy is a really interesting history. The Duchy of Savoy was annexed by France in 1860, following the signature of the Treaty of Turin. Savoy takes its name from the Latin sapendia or sapenduia, meaning land covered in evergreen trees. And if you ever visit this area, you'll see why it's named that. Savoy was long part of the states of Savoy, though beginning in the 16th century, it was occupied by France several times. The House of Savoy dates back to the early 1000s, and through gradual expansion, the family grew in power from ruling a small alpine country of northwest Italy to the absolute rule of the Kingdom of Sicily from 1713 to 1720. And this was the time when this family was handed the island of Sardinia, over which they would exercise direct rule from then onward. The region, like much of Europe, was deeply affected by Napoleon, causing the area to change from Italian to French hands throughout the centuries. Chambéry, where the shrine of this Madonna is located, is the largest city in the Savoy region. It has been the historical capital of Savoy since the 13th century when Amadeus V, Count of Savoy, made the city his seat of power. If you take a train from Paris to Turin, you will pass through the breathtaking mountains of this area and can understand why so many tried to make it part of their territory. The history of Chambry is closely linked to the House of Savoy 
and was the capital from 1295 to 1563. During this time, Savoy encompassed a region that stretched from Bourg-en-Bray in the west across the Alps all the way to Turin, north to Geneva and south to Nice. To insulate Savoy from provocations by France, Duke Emmanuel Philibert moved his capital to Turin in 1563, and after this, Chambéry declined. The Shrine of Our Lady of Mion is located on a little hill between Modane and Chambéry near Mount Set the Mount Cenis Tunnel. It can be easily recognized as there is a huge statue of the Blessed Virgin standing atop the shrine's belfry, and she's all gold. It's very stunning. The shrine has been a pilgrimage center since the, at least the 13th century, and its small black virgin was an object of devotion of St. Francis de Say. How the shrine was founded is something lost to the sands of time. But the church became famous for a miracle that occurred there in 1248. On the evening of November 24th of that year, a tremendous earthquake shook the region, causing Mount Grenier, the tallest mountain of the Chartreuse Massif, to disintegrate into huge boulders which came crashing down into the valley. Some of these boulders were the size of a house, and 16 villages were crushed, costing 5,000 lives. The Church of Mayan, however, was spared, though gigantic boulders were surrounding the area and stopped abruptly at the very door of the church. Some of these boulders can still be seen on the church ground. According to local sources, there are three places in France where praying the perpetual rosary is reported to have originated. The church uh, near St. Joseph's in Chambéry, the Carmelite convent in Chambéry, and the Sanctuary of Our Lady of Mion. The Sanctuary of Our Lady of Mion is surrounded by sacred sites famed to have both deep symbolism as well as spiritual power. The Nivole Cross, which is at the pinnacle of the hills surrounding the valley, is at 1,547 meters above sea level. The cross is 21 meters tall, which can be seen at great distances, and the locals feel that it grants protection to the region. There's a chapel dedicated to St. Michael, the archangel, which stands atop one of the mountains nearest to Mion. In Chambéry, the holy chapel of the castle of the Duke of Savoy has hosted the holy shroud of Turin and still bears the marks of this precious visit. The Carmelite convent of Chambéry has been preserved in silence and contemplation for the nuns who have prayed constantly for four centuries. In Chambéry, it is the home of two notable Christians who are yet to be beatified but are in the pipeline to become saints. Camille Costa de Beauregard, 
and this is the father of orphans of Bocage, and Marie-Martha Chambon, a mystic and apostle of the holy wounds of Christ. Due to all these phenomena and history, I'm doubting the Huguenots were very popular in this region, and the reign of atheist terror under the Napoleonic soldiers was probably not welcomed either. But I digress. The sanctuary of Our Lady of Mion is considered by some religious and secular scholars to be one of the most ancient and stable pilgrimage sites in France. Ian Begg, in his landmark book, The Cult of the Black Virgin, states that some of the earliest written records on pilgrimage sites for the Black Virgin are Mion. I cannot find information on this Black Madonna's origins. I can't say that she was sculpted by Luke the Evangelist or brought by some clergy from the Holy Land. Her miracles, though, speak for themselves, and we know, basically through historical records, that she's always been Black. In terms of her miracles, I think that we certainly could use a few of them in these days in various parts of the world where they are suffering from earthquakes and volcanoes. The founding of the Shrine of Our Lady of Mion is not documented. It's one of those things that simply was and is, but the church became famous for a miracle that occurred there in 1248. And again, it's that wonderful miracle on the uh, evening of November 24th where there was a big earthquake and there were many boulders that fell down from the big mountain and 16 villages were crushed and 5,000 lives lost. The Church of Mion, however, was spared. The legend states that the chapel of Mion was the only construction spared in the disaster, and the enormous boulders and rocks hurtled down from the top of Mount Grenier and stopped right at the door of the oratory where the monks were praying the rosary. On both sides of the chapel, the huge boulders continued to crash down the slopes onto the plain. Since then, the people have come to Mayans to pray to Our Lady, especially when they are facing great trials. The sanctuary of Our Lady of Mion is the origin of the perpetual rosary for the world. This sanctuary, along with the Carmelite convent and the room near the Church of St. Joseph, all pray this rosary constantly. Numerous miracles have been associated with this Black Madonna throughout the centuries. As stated before, the shrine is one of the first formal pilgrimage sites in France. In 1534, Jean Grandi of Savoy was on a vessel bound from Genoa to Leghorn. The ship was threatened during a strong storm and all felt that it was going to sink. Grandis said a prayer to Our Lady of Mion to spare the ship. The ship ultimately sank, and Jean Grandis was the only survivor of the wreck. As a gesture of thanksgiving, he traveled barefoot to the shrine, and there he placed his ex-voto, which is an offering placed in a church or chapel where the worshiper seeks grace or wishes to give thanks. 
The destination of pilgrims often include shrines decorated with ex-votos. Grandis's ex-voto is said to have been one of the oldest to have survived at the shrine. Another miracle attributed to Our Lady of Mial was in favor of the brother of St. Francis de Sales, Count Louis de Sales, who in 1603 was traveling to the Chateau of Cousy to marry Claudine Philibert de Pignon. There was no bridge in sight at the river of Chiron, and he had to cross this river to marry his supposedly true love. I don't know if this was an arranged marriage or what it was. But the Count attempted to cross the river at a place he thought was safe and shallow. The Count was swept away by the rushing water. Being a person uh, aware of the capabilities of Our Lady of Mion, de Sale prayed to Our Lady of Mion, promising to make a pilgrimage if he was kept safe. As soon as he uttered the prayer, he floated onto an obstruction in the river that saved his life. The wedding ceremony was conducted on the 2nd of April. I think that was rather good that it wasn't the 1st of April. Don't want to get married on the 1st now, do you? The, second, the next day, St. Francis de Sales offered a mass of thanksgiving in a little crypt chapel before the miraculous image of Our Lady of Mion. It's not clear if he was happy in the latter years of his marriage, regretting asking for help, but the story is wonderful where it ends. In 1452, Franciscans began building the church they would maintain there for nearly 300 years. As unfortunately was the case throughout Europe during the Napoleonic Wars, various shrines, especially those with black Madonnas, were targeted. In 1792, French revolutionaries attacked the church and badly damaged the Black Virgin. The sanctuary of Our Lady of Mion was half destroyed in the process. In spite of the Napoleonic soldiers wanting to liberate the populace from the tyranny of priceless religious art beloved by the public, the statue was saved and restored. The restored statue was reinstalled in a renovated shrine in the church crypt in 1855. She was canonically crowned 50 years later in 1905. Our Lady of Mion is celebrated on the 8th of September, which is the Feast of the Nativity of the Virgin, and on the 24th of November in remembrance of the miracle of saving the church from the avalanche. If you enter the sanctuary of Our Lady of Mion, you are immediately aware of two superimposed churches. The upper sanctuary is now known as Notre Dame de Mion and is also known as the Golden Virgin of Mion. The lower sanctuary is known as the Crypt. There is a fresco in the crypt which depicts the Virgin Mary preventing, by her intercession, the sanctuary from being buried under tons of boulders. The Black Madonna is appropriately in the crypt. 
and there is a stunning golden statue of the Madonna on top of the church. The sanctuary is popular to this day for pilgrimages. The image of Our Lady was taken to Rome by a, a Savoy person pilgrimage specifically to honor the declaration of the dogma of the Assumption of Mary, which happened in 1950. Our Lady of Mayon is very popular with French pilgrims and is a testament to the resilience of people who are challenged by human-caused and natural disasters. I hope if you are ever in the area around Savoy, you can visit this idyllic testament to the strength and endurance of the human spirit. This is Stephanie Georgiev saying thanks so much for spending your valuable time with me, and I wish you many blessings on your personal journey of the soul this Passion Tide and Lent. Mm-hmm.